The Outpost Radio On Demand. Here's Art Young from The Outpost Magazine. If you've ever experienced the grief of losing someone you love, you know how debilitating this can be. Hi, I'm Art Young. I'm the editor of The Outpost. And at age 28, my guest today experienced this heart-wrenching grief and discovered a way to get through to the other side. She is an award-winning conservation photographer and writer. Her work has appeared in uh, the BBC, the Natural Conservancy, National Geographic Society, the National Audubon Society, and she clearly has a unique perspective on the world. She's written an amazing book entitled Almost Anywhere, Road Trip, Ruminations on Love, Nature, National Parks, and Nonsense. I, I think those are the best ruminations I've ever heard. Well, welcome to the outpost, Krista Schleier. Thank you. Thanks. It's great to be on. Great to have you. Now, set the stage for us. What what made you, a 28-year-old successful woman, sell almost everything you own, pack up a used station wagon with a friend and a dog, and out go out to see the American wild? I was uh, I, I was stuck. I guess I, um, you know, I had been through a year of you know really the worst year of my life, and um, and just didn't know how to keep going in, in the life that I'd been living. And and so it was kind of desperation, I guess, just um, trying to find a way to, to move forward. Um, and and so I, I had always loved national parks and wild places, but um, for some reason at that moment, I just felt that I needed to, to go to those places. Hmm. That's a unique. That's a unique decision. Now, who came along on this trip? It was uh, myself and my best friend um, at the time, who was um, working for National Park Magazine, and um, he he would spend his days writing about national parks, these beautiful places, but pretty much sitting at a desk and doing that. And um, and he had experienced um, some of the same losses that I had. Including um, some some of his own, um, his best friend, who was my partner at the time, um, we lost him, and um, and he had also lost um, family members in that same time period. And so um, he was um, really needed to, to make an escape the same way I did, and um, not so much an escape really, but a, a journey to some place um, different than where we were. And um, so he was sort of my main main companion on that journey, and then the other main companion was my dog, Maggie, um, a little corgi dachshund mix. And uh, they were perfect foils for you, by the way, I might add. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of trouble you get into when you're living in a car for a year on the boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, somebody yeah. noted, I, I, I've read so many re- positive reviews about this book that you know, it's everybody loves it, but uh, someone noted that you measured the sharpness of loss against the hugeness of life. Could you have done this without doing a road trip? No, I, I don't think so. I um, I think there's something really unique about kind of wandering aimlessly, um, and especially wandering aimlessly to places that that are um, just these profound, beautiful, wild places and. There's a certain kind of healing that I don't think you can do, you know, in the four walls of a cubicle or an office building. And um, so many times, you know, we experience loss and we kind of force ourselves to remain 
um, a part of this world that, that doesn't really um, allow for the kind of healing that we need. And um, and for myself, I, I don't, I wouldn't be the person that I am today if I if I hadn't sort of made that desperate decision to to take off and just wander for a while. So what's the significance of the title? I've, I've got my own opinion, but what the title is almost anywhere. What, what does, how did, why did you choose that? Well, I think because, um, you know, you, if you're going on a journey, I mean, sometimes maybe you have a specific place you want to go and get to. And, um, but in this case, really, um, that wasn't the case. We, we knew we wanted to go to national parks and wild places, but it was really this vague idea. And, and so we, you know, we sort of set out on the road with a direction and that was east. The first direction was east, but there was no set location of where we were going to be. It was, it was really just, we're going to wander until we feel like we don't need to wander anymore. And so, um, so the idea of, of just being able to kind of look out on the horizon and say, yeah, we could just go anywhere. and. Um, and there are some places in the book where I talk about some of the places we were not wanting to go, and that's kind of why the almost anywhere comes in, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. Um, there were certain places that we definitely avoided, um, and, um, and you know, some of, some of the places that, that maybe are kind of contrary to the idea of naturalness and wildness. So which of these stops... I mean, I love national parks. I love state parks. I love, I mean, I, I was living vicariously as you as you travel through them. Which of these stops had the most effect on your mental and emotional redemption? Can you, can you pick one or two or three or five, or, or did they all affect you? I think every place had its own effect. And, you know, we went places for everywhere from two hours to six days. So every place had its own Sort of impact in its own lesson, but um, I think some of the, the most profound um, impacts were in places that either were um, very wild, remote, um, or places that had been severely impacted by human activity. And you know, two couple places that stand out would be the Everglades in Florida. You know, that that national park is. It's such an amazing, unique, beautiful place, and um, but it also has this really tragic history about what has happened to that location um, because of resource use in in urban areas in Florida, and so that made a big impact on me. And it was early on in the trip, so it sort of probably framed in some ways my experience of of um, places later on. Um, but some of the other big ones, I think, are probably. Big Bend National Park, which is in Texas, uh, along the border of the U.S. and Mexico, and that I think is one of the most remote national parks in the country. It's uh, so so quiet, and just such an incredible place to to think and get lost. And um, I'd never been there, never even heard of it before before we went there. Um, so that was a really big one. Um, maybe a couple other ones would be Yellowstone. Um, because I I had heard so much about this place all throughout my life, but had never been there, and it was um, just so far beyond the expectation of of anything that I had imagined. Um, and then maybe a final one would be Olympic National Park, which you know I haven't been back 
that trip, but it's one of the places that I, I really want to go back to because it's such a unique, incredible location, um, you know, with this temperate rainforest and coastal, you know, coastal beaches and um, all the way up the mountains and, and really just a phenomenal location. Yeah, I love all those. I grew up in Texas, and I love Big Ben. Oh. Did, did you get a chance? Uh, yeah. I, I can't remember from the book. Did you did you veer off any to Lajitas and Marathon and those little those little Alpine those little towns around Big Ben? We didn't do a lot of that. Uh, we mostly just the only place we we stopped um, on that trip. I've been to some of those towns since then, but on that trip, um, we pretty much went straight for the national park, um, except for to drop Maggie off at her. Uh, country club style kennel that she was at. <laughs> so yeah. that was about it. For that. Somebody has to do it. Somebody has to do it. Somebody has to get off the road and live civilized <laughs> for a while. That's right. Right. Take the dust off her paws. And yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I love that dog. I feel like I know that dog now. This is <laughs> yeah. a, this is a this is a great book to give to anyone, but it's especially appropriate for someone who's. Uh, gone through what you've gone through, experiencing the grief of losing a loved one. You're a gifted writer. What would you say in the card to someone experiencing these waves of grief? What would you tell them as to why you're giving them this book? I think I would say, you know, it represents the idea of giving your mind some space to to understand what you're going through. Because every every grief that anybody experiences is um, personal and unique, and um, there are some ways that nobody else could really understand it the same way that you do, but there's also something universal about it, and, um, you know, I would hope that, that the book would offer people who are going through something like that a way to heal vicariously by, by visiting these places with me, and, and maybe to conceive of some some ways that they could find adventures and journeys of their own um, to to get to the place that they need to be. Beautiful. Beautiful. This this book reminds a lot of people, including me, of the of a, a book that came out a couple of years ago called Wild. And I suspect, uh, you know, it made a great movie out of it. Uh, are, are you fielding requests from movie producers about almost anywhere? I have not yet. Not at the, at the moment, but I have had a lot of say that they think that it would make a really a really good um, screenplay. Who would who would you like to play you? <laughs> that is a tough question. I don't I know. know. That's why that's why I get to ask these questions. I <laughs> yeah. It can't all be softballs, all right? Come on. <laughs> right, right. Who right. do you want to play? It's gotta it's gotta have somebody that it is is there any actress that says, you know, kind of a wise ass attitude that, you know, you you kind you've got in this book? Hmm not going to take the bait. She's not going to take it. <laughs> I have to think about that. All right. All right. Well, we'll get back to you. I'll, I'll, I'll check with you later. When the movie comes out, <laughs> okay. we'll do this again. And I'm going to remind you that you had the opportunity to pick the person that <laughs> you wanted to play you. A, that a lot sounds of, great. Yeah. The last one, we're running out of time, but it's been noted by a lot of people that humor is the best therapy for getting through uh, what you've been through and what a lot of people have gone through, including myself. Uh, you've proven this with, uh, I think, the funniest book of the year. Bravo! Oh, thank you, thank you, thanks a lot. I um, when I first started writing the book, it was, you know, it was a, I was keeping a journal as I was traveling, and I kept a journal of pretty much everything. But when I started writing the book, I I wasn't really including all of those sort of ridiculous, humorous <laughs> moments, and 
I think I just wasn't ready to do that. And, and as the years went on, I, mean, I, I worked on this book for about 15 years. And as the years went on, I found I was more and more able to, to see those moments and, and convey them to people. So I'm really glad that, uh, that you feel it came across. No, it's hilarious. In fact, the, the, the footnotes, the footnotes of this book are worth the price of admission. I mean, some of the, <laughs> some of the funniest stuff, you know, and, and nobody reads footnotes, but I started reading your footnotes, and they're extremely funny. <laughs> Good. Thank you. All right. Conservation photographer, writer, author of Almost Anywhere. Krista, it's been a pleasure having you on today. Thank you for the book and uh, for your unique voice. Thank you very much. Pleasure being on. I'm Art Young for The Outpost, and we'll talk soon. The Outpost Radio On Demand, from the on-demand page of theoutpostlife.com.